This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? I've got cold, haven't I? It's not ideal. No, no, not in this racket. And it is a racket. Uh, <laughs> oh well, well, we'll soldier on because I'm a trooper. This has been a year for for colds. I blame the children. They they bring everything home with them, don't they? Because I don't leave the house other than football. Yeah, it's it's either them or it's the it's the good people of Swindon, I suppose. But easier to blame the children. Yes, and and we are in a week where the good people of Swindon are making some pretty crazy headlines um, in relation to toilet time and crisps requests have you seen that i haven't seen this no i was not been paying too much attention well why would you why <laughs> would you but yes um a article by the swindon advertiser today saying woman spotted urinating in swindon town center then ask for crisps oh my <laughs> pretty much all you can do with that information isn't it <laughs> say oh my and move on and then contact the local press to uh to really push that story yeah, see, see who's on, on duty at that point to see if we can really circulate it. Yeah, well, they've done it, and the clickbait... I mean, I've not clicked into that. I think I get everything I need from the headline, to be honest, so they've messed up there, haven't they? I'm not the only person that's messed up in that story. Uh, it's another loss uh, that we're recovering from, Joe. Did, did you brave it? I bet you didn't, because you're a man of the people. Yes, I um well I was probably about 20 minutes away from paying for it before I decided to uh, before I found out that Wrexham versus Notts County actually was on TV yes, it was, and yeah. uh, watched that instead and got to see 
uh, roll back the years, really, with a Luke Williams side playing very similarly to the Luke Williams side we all used to see. Oh, oh, with Ryan Harley as his assistant. Yeah, Ryan Harley, Bath, former Bath City and Swindon Town legend. There's seasons falling apart. You can't big up Bath at the moment. Um, and, of course, Matty Palmer, Mr Mullen, Mr Tozer. Oh, so many Swindon links. Yeah, it was it was was thinking in my head who's the sort of bigger Swindon duo between Tozer and Mullin and Palmer and Bostock. I think Bostock <laughs> and Palmer edit based on the champion season. <laughs> well, it was far better game, I dare say, than the one that I watched, which was it, you know when people say oh football's so great because it's so unpredictable, anything can happen. That was the most likely outcome of Tramia Swindon that I've ever seen, other than the fact that I predicted nil-nil and it felt like a nil-nil game, other than we faffed around at the back for a few seconds and conceded a goal. Uh, uh, yeah, it was exactly how it sounds <laughs> and it played out with no thrills at all. Yeah, pro- proper uh, d- dead rubber game. And from what I could tell on Twitter, it didn't seem like much was happening. And uh, pretty typical of Swindon at this point, we just make the one error at the back. Against a team who very, very, seemingly did very little with the ball, lose the game, nice and simple. Let's get out of there, move on. Let's do it all again in a few days' time. Oh, let's! And here we are for it. I think the fallout from the Tramier game, probably with the Mansfield loss in the same mix, did result, I think, in more noise for Jody Morris to be removed as Swindon manager or head coach that we've seen so far. I can't say I'm signed up to that rhetoric, but it is beginning to gather some pace, that, that movement, isn't it? Yeah, I think the the quick fineness of the two defeats definitely seemed to convert a few people. I'm sort of kind of 50-50 on the matter, personally, I think. On the one hand, we're terrible and he's not made us any better. But on the other hand, it's probably quite expensive to get rid of him. So you can see the conundrum. Yeah, it's certainly there. Unlike your brother, who I think is full on get out, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's um, leading the charge, actually, in many ways. He was on it <laughs> two weeks ago, I think. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Well, he's still here. He's uh, been doing presser duties. He was doing the... Uh... The, the open training session for fans to watch town look great in training because, you know, if, we're, if what we're there to believe is true, probably the highlight of people's season was watching uh, Swindon train uh, at the county ground this week. Yeah, I wasn't there, but if Ed Brand is to be believed, then there would have been absolutely breathtaking stuff because we're quality in training. Can't do it. Well, maybe it would change because they were actually on the county ground pitch and being on a proper pitch seems to be where they're, mental block starts but you know, hopefully the the children were there that got to see a dazzling display of, te- of a team playing against a team that doesn't know how to defend and therefore looking a bit better for it that old chestnut oh i've renewed my season ticket give me a prize please uh, uh, you, you've probably got short odds if they do a draw uh, <laughs> by, by the sounds of what the sales are going like but well well done you for signing up for another season of this thank you very much um i see a lot of people declare their purchase of season tickets. So this is me doing the same. I have renewed there. The end. Uh, we'll see you next season. Right. Let's talk about this presser. And do forgive me if my voice is rubbish. I can't help it. I'm trying here, everybody. So it's not going well. It's going so poorly. We could endure our worst 
ever league finish in the four division format. Jody Morris couldn't spin this in a positive way, could he? No, tough tightrope to walk this one, where you sort of go have to go to, well, you know, the sort of old classic, well, I don't look at the league table. I don't don't look at the records, which you kind of said, head of Mansfield as well, before we shattered those records. Um, he said, but obviously he had to start with, whatever way you look at it, it's not good. Um, and then he sort of turns into, oh, yeah, but, you know, we're going <laughs> to, we, we don't really look at that stuff and we're trying to, um, trying to finish as high as we can. And it kind of went with the the old sort of when someone breaks a record and said, yeah, the last just told me in the changing room uh, kind of thing where people had mentioned it to him. Um, I'm assuming that's Steve Mildenhall because I don't know who else in that backroom staff would know. But um, it's it's apparently been at some sort of topic of conversation, but um, it's not taking it overly seriously. And you'd be, I mean... You know, you'd be slightly confused if he if he was sort of waking up in cold sweats at night, thinking, "But what if we finish seventeenth? Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 it would be a bit annoying, but at the same time, you know, it's it is what it is. Mm. It's funny because clearly we're not going down, but it has played out a little bit like a League One relegation season, the way it's all gone, um, and it's it feels weird that we don't have. Thankfully, the ultimate low, which is relegation itself, but fifty-eight point seventeenth is that is that is the what is the target we're looking to avoid um, from the Canon League Division Four days. Oh, we'll be all right, won't we? We're not gonna we're not gonna break this record, surely not. I mean, you'd like to hope not, but <laughs> I, I'd also struggle to predict any sort of win right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And looking, I think it's looking at it, there's there's the chance we slip all the way down to 16th for this weekend. Mm, so yeah. unlikely because everyone else is in pretty shocking form themselves. But you know, it's a possibility that we're staring firmly down the barrel at it, and we need what seven points from six games to avoid it. Which, yeah. if you were a team that wasn't in relegation form, you would think, yeah, that's, that's easily doable. But um, as a team that's in relegation form. Touch and go, I think, on the 58. We should hopefully be able to finish above 17th. Yeah, I do wonder whether our away games is what's going to save us with if we beat Wimbledon and Crewe away and then Crawley on the last day. But I think Barrow under a lot of pressure this weekend, so you never know. We might we might pick up a point or three on Saturday. Is Jody Morris feeling any pressure from the, the suits at Swindon Town? Uh, it doesn't sound like the suits are... Um... You know, getting in his ear and saying you better win soon, doing the Nottingham Forest situation where they don't really give a, a boat of confidence, but say results need to improve. Um, yeah, he's. It doesn't sound like he's had those conversations. This was because um, he he's, he's, he's talked talked later on when I asked my questions that he's had quite a few about next season, which doesn't sound like um, a, a club who's about to sack their their long term contracted manager. Um, you know, he's he talks about the pressure that he's he is putting on himself to improve, but it doesn't sound like it's necessarily coming from elsewhere. Take away the raw emotion of a terrible, terrible run of form, and what we know definitively, it has to be the right decision that he sticks around. I, I, I know it's not gone well, and it's gone. Nobody expected it to go as badly as it has to start with, but. I, I I just I can't be doing with another summer where we spend 
six weeks looking for a head coach and lo and behold, <laughs> we're going through the same cycle again. I, I would rather just keep Jody Morris and just see how it goes and just look back with, with a little bit of a, <laughs> remember when it was so bad at the start, you know, I, I'm willing to roll that dice at the moment. Yeah, I, I think you, you kind of hope, and this is the thought when he came in, that his coaching experience and track record with developing players should be enough. Um, I don't think you're you're making that particular bet based on anything that's happened in the three months since he rocked up at the county ground, really. Um, the, the only thing you think is, well, if we give him that, that that summer and we're bad again, then we're just wasting another season if he goes in October. So it's I, I certainly I certainly don't want to be looking for another manager soon. It's I, I'm I think you know if they put the trust in Morris before, then hopefully they still have it now. And it does sound from what he's no, I thought this was probably one of his better press conferences personally in terms of it does sound like he's got that demanding streak about him that should hopefully hold a lot of people accountable the upstairs to to mean that we don't make those mistakes that we made in previous transfer windows and get this one right and get him a team that that he thinks is good enough because he based on everything he said he doesn't think this one is yeah but i think the reality is 15 16 or whatever players are contracted of course a couple of those will leave but i, I don't think there's going to be the the the, the wholesale you know I've, I've flip-flopped in opinion from this going yeah get rid of them all to well it probably makes sense that we build on what we've got and if we bring five or six or four or five players with experience to help the current crop along the way it, it, it might be okay but Again, I'm looking at the teams going down and the teams going up from the National League and I wonder whether that's going to be enough. But I guess time will tell. Yeah, I think it's 13 players we have contracted at the moment and then a couple you almost definitely keep on. Um, so it probably will end up being about 15, 16 players that we keep around. And then and then I think that's quite a good position to start from because I still think there is plenty of quality in this team. And then you just add the bits of experience and additional you know additional bits to get you over the line and this could without even a groundbreaking summer this could easily potentially be a a playoff team with sides that coming around us and then you know if you have a good summer which I think people may be doubtful of based on the people who will likely be in charge of that recruitment but I, I still think this is this is a decent place to start off especially if you can shift one or two of the players who are contracted who I think we probably all know aren't good enough um, to do to run this back and then you know we don't have to go and sign 20 players we can maybe sign six or seven who are top quality to go in that team and create real real sort of impact on that first 11 and then that's that seems like a good place to be I think Joe are we are we happy clapping right now we might be happy clapping a bit and I obviously I don't want to you know don't want to back people too much I've, I just <laughs> you know there is some quality in this team. I, I don't think people would necessarily argue that point in particular. And so, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's, as always, you just get the signings right. Easy does it. Simple as that. Simple as that. Well, let's hope we're glad all over um, during the summer. I'm looking forward to those pre-season announcements. Can we have some local games on a Saturday? 
please. None of these Friday nights, Wednesday malarkey. I want Saturdays, damn it. Get us back to Brimscombe and Frapp, come on. Oh, God, get me on that slope, please. Um, I've said it for a couple of presses now. We seem to have a pool of very specific amount of players uh, who uh, Jody Morris is willing to put out there at the moment. He was asked about changing things and experimenting. What was said here? Yeah, it's kind of about methods and things that he could do differently. And, um, you know, team bonding exercises was mentioned. And then he said, um, you know, he doesn't know how the players react if they sort of walked in with a bunch of paintball guns and, or something and started shooting them, I guess. So, you know, he, he said he was definitely open to that kind of thing, but probably a bit late in the season now to start doing it, given that we've got two Tuesday games in the next two weeks. So, you know, you're not really fitting in a, a group trip to um, Hamburger Hill. I don't know where <laughs> it's closer to Swindon. I'm sorry, I don't know the geography. Um, to, get, to get in and play play a bit of paintball or something like that. Um, so that's that's not something they will be doing this season, but it did something. It was something he said that um, he quite likes and, and would want to do probably in the future. But uh, with all the fitness and stuff that they're going to have to be um, on top of, they, they won't do it this year. What do you think? Jody Morris's ideal team bonding exercise is beyond the boring answer of golf. I mean, the other boring answer, and he feels like quite a racers guy, personally. I, I can definitely see them at some sort of race course. Thank you, because races can can sound a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not that one. Um, uh, <laughs> if a nice a nice race course trip, he definitely feels like that type of a guy, but. You know, um, any, anything that doesn't involve you being tall is probably his ideal. Not like archery at Bowwood or anything like that? No, they, I, I doubt they'd be going to Fort Park or something. No, he'd go to Legoland. Yeah, <laughs> much more <laughs> his speed. <laughs> he was asked about the players and their faith in each other. There's been a few examples of the players looking like they're bickering at each other um, during games. And we've had, you know, honest conversations aplenty in the last few weeks. Do they have faith in each other, Joe? Um, well, and once again, a training ground thing where, yes, you know, maybe if you're only watching them in the games, you know, where you're supposed to judge them, you might think that they all hate each other. <laughs> uh, especially as we heard a few weeks ago, as you mentioned about uh, the fights and such in the dressing room. But um, it's one of those situations, again, where... Morris was saying, if if you are playing quite badly, and and they are, um, you know, you don't really want to see them smiling and ha- being happy with each other. That sort of, you know, trying to make more demands on each other, trying to get that exhibit performance that they haven't seen, and certainly in the training ground, it's it's gone that way. And maybe if things go a bit over the top, then it is a problem. But he certainly doesn't feel like the way it is going, where they're they're trying to be a bit more demanding of each other, is is an issue that. Um, should be focused on too much by um, amateur um, body language interpreters. Yeah, the year is 2074 and football has changed to the point where a klaxon will go off and if two players are bickering, they can just sort it out there and then. We'll just stop the game and let them, let them figure it out. Let's do it. It's hockey, Ice hockey rules. They get five yeah. seconds to figure out with themselves. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch it. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be good, good times. I don't know how... Um, the Premier League would like having all their pl- all their multi million pound assets fight with each other, but I, I think it'd be it'd be more entertaining. Good for the product; they'd like it with that sell. 
Yeah, it's one of those episodes, isn't it? Um, Jody Morris was asked about how teams approach Swindon. So before we go to Barrow, what's he talking about here? Yeah, the, the, we we heard this about Leighton Orient a few times where they kind of completely switched up what they were what they were playing like and became quite direct and reliant on long throw-ins. And that was certainly something you saw in Tranmere as well because pre-match he was talking about them as a as a possession side and then ended up not seeing that at all. And teams. Teams look, take one look at Swindon and are like, all right, we'll bully this lot. And then they inevitably go and do so. Um, so they're kind of not, is very much quick, quickly going on to the, they're not focusing too hard on how other teams normally play because when they play Swindon, that goes all out the window. So um, you mentioned the example, if you are giving quite a lot of detailed instructions about how our Barrow is supposed to be playing and then you get into the game and suddenly none of that has happened because They've they've seen Swindon's team and gone. All right, we'll knock it into the big lad, and then play off of him. Then the players are probably going to get a bit confused and take a while to react to those to those scenarios that they're suddenly in that they aren't prepared for. So they're not they're not going to be looking too much into um, not not picking too much from the tape that they've seen of teams because when they turn up at the county ground, that isn't the team they'll end up playing. Yeah. It's a lot of that this season, isn't there? That that doesn't sound right to me. Well, it just seems a bit mean, really. The videos are there, so you know what the other team's about to do, and then they, and, so, and then apparently they're watching you too and making their own adjustments. It it feels a bit rude, mm, indeed. Well, Barrow, they are next up at the county ground, and Pete Wilde has done a pretty incredible job, really, hasn't he? Uh, as Barrow's manager, they were largely tipped to go down this season. They started the campaign. Very well indeed. And then he endured a, about a two and a half month wobble during that time. They lost to Swindon 1 0 up in Cumbria, but they have recovered uh, to give themselves a fighting chance of a place in the playoffs, the lucky duckies. But they really do need three points this weekend in order to keep the pressure on the teams above them. A loss and wins for Salford and Mansfield will pretty much end that fading dream for Barrow. So it's an absolute must win over the last 10 games. They've won six, drawn two and lost two. So oh, for that sort of form. And then the last five games, starting with the one furthest back, uh, they lost 1-0 at Harrogate. And then they beat Wimbledon and Ginningham at home, both 2-1. Then they went to Crewe and lost 3-0. And then in the most recent game, they swept aside... Scott Lindsay's Crawley 4-0. So the big take here is that they've won their home games in that short space of time, but they've lost their games away. They did beat Walsall away in early March, so don't relax too much. Uh, Josh Gordon scored a hat-trick against Crawley, so he'll be the one to look out for. Before we talk a little bit more about Barrow, Joe... Talk injuries, what we got, because we've got some newbies, haven't we? Yeah, whack these two in pen for starters. But um, <laughs> Joe Tomlinson has been having this. Well, they didn't. He kind of said that they were probably going to do a scan, but hadn't confirmed that they were going to do said scan to know exactly what the extent of Joe Tomlinson's injury is. He's tweaked his groin and has not been having too much fun this week. And possibly a sort of an overnight thing. If he if he suddenly feels better, then maybe he'll end up starting. So mm. Tom Clayton, don't get too excited. Um, and Fraser Blake Tracy has also had a problem with his toes. So that's another another of our very slim number of defenders who haven't been supposedly having a 
the perfect week of training, but even admit with that one, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. So once again, Fraser Bay Tracy will almost definitely be in that starting lineup. Tomlinson, it, it did sound a little more serious than the players that he's um, supposedly ruled out, and then they ended up in the starting lineup. But you know, I would be just just based on experience. I'm not getting fooled by this one. Raise Blake Tracy's definitely starting. Tomlinson, almost definitely, I would say. Mm, yeah, I completely agree with Blake Tracy. I think that is one that they can manage and see him start. Tomlinson, I'm not so sure. I, I, maybe I'm I'm naive still. That one sounds like a bench position rather than a start. But Joe Tomlinson, man, two loan spells. Lots of promise, lots of injuries, though. We're going to give this guy a three-year contract. And he's going to play 55 games over those three seasons, isn't he? I, I can feel it in my bones. Yeah, he, he does seem to have a bit of an issue with, being, with staying fit, certainly when he's he's playing at Swindon. And I guess he was injured at Peterborough as well. So maybe it's, it's maybe it's not just a having to play at Beversbrook thing. Well, he, he arrived injured, didn't he, in the second yeah. spell? Yeah. No, that, that one can't be put on our doorstep. No. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's someone that everyone will want signed, and he certainly at times looked looked very good in this loan spell and did very well last season as well. But there's that sort of Jordan Lydenness about him that I think maybe we should be wary of. Yeah, he, sort of a diet version where he just picks up lots of small injuries, whereas selfish Jordan would would pick up the mother of all injuries each and every single time. Yeah, he'd um, he he said they sort of do the inverse where Thomas will miss a couple games. Jordan Lydon would play a couple games and then get injured for a long period of time. But yeah, he's he's someone who's is certainly struggling a little bit with with being fit, and maybe that's just he hasn't been used to playing quite so many games as is is the issue with with Tomlinson. But um, hopefully he's fine, and um, hopefully we can keep him beyond this season as well. Hmm. And of course, as per the presser, if anyone is genuinely injured, it's not been mentioned, and we'll find out at two p.m. on Saturday. Yeah, any any injuries or um, droppings for any other specific reason, they won't be mentioned in, in the press conference beforehand. That will be a, a two o'clock thing or whatever Ryan Whelan gets told. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and what do you think? I mean, was there any Charlie Austin talk on this? Because that was the glaring omission, considering the captain was rested for a winnable game. Centre forward, marquee signing, most experienced player. And in every way I've thought about this, it just seems daft to me. You know, I'm, we're clearly not in the loop of the full story. And I'm not going to sit here and just back Charlie Austin to the hilt because we know that he could, he could give as good as he's got too. But there was no Charlie Austin talk based on what was quite big news at the time uh, before the Tranmere game. Yeah, I think that was largely put to bed after Tranmere in the post-match press conference, which is why we didn't go back to it, where um, Morris said, and I think this was kind of the reasoning I thought it would be before, before everyone kind of decided that they, it must have been a falling out, that, um, that Morris said that he didn't have an issue with Austin. And it was very much just a he he struggles to recover too quickly, so this could potentially be a factor against Bradford and Stevenage as well. Where I think he said two days after games, he's usually not feeling so great from a running perspective, and so with a game they decide just to leave him. And um, I felt that you know my initial in- instinct when you see oh he's been left out, especially someone with Charlie Austin's kind of fitness record that 
it is probably can't play that many games. And I think that happened to Troy Archibald Tendil quite a lot, um, where he couldn't play twice a week. And I think that is probably where Charlie Austin is. We just haven't seen it because we didn't, we haven't played twice a week that often. Yep. And that sounds plausible. And I can completely get on board with that, but I still think he travels. Yeah. I, I think you probably want to travel. Maybe it's a family thing again, because it is Easter weekend, but you you would expect that Charlie Austin would be involved in some way, given the figure that he, he certainly should be within this squad and the way that everyone else talked about him when he came in, when we asked, when we asked every single player in the squad, do you like Charlie Austin? Um, <laughs> But you, you would expect so, but I don't know. If if they had no intention of using him and you have to go have to leave on Easter Sunday to go all the way up to Tranmere, maybe it was just a go on Charlie have the weekend off situation. I think um, there were reports he was at Hungerford that weekend, so obviously didn't have significant plans if that was the case. <laughs> no, I mean, you know it's Let nice it go, Rich. Oh. Just say let it go, Rich, just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Rich, for goodness sake. And let's hope he's uh, ready for Barrow. What did Jody Morris say about Barrow? Anything of interest? No, not particularly. It's another kind of once again went into um, we're not taking too much interest because of, we've been burned a few times. He mentioned they have a long throw and we'll be prepared for that. So that's at least one goal. Um, but they've not looked, they're not like concentrating on the formations and the way that they're usually trying to work things because they have because of how many teams have switched up on them um, on the fly. <laughs> Can't trust anyone these days, can you? Can't trust them. I'm, I'm, it's only just dawning on me how close we are to that record. Six games left, eight points or whatever to to, to get to it. <laughs> Suddenly I'm, I'm worried and I dismissed Terry a few weeks back. Um, and now I'm sat here going, oh boy. Curiously, we've we've lost less games than Barrow this season, but... Oh, we do like a draw, don't we? Love a good draw. Yeah, a few weeks ago, you kind of think, oh, we'll pick up some points. Yeah. We're not going to steal on 51. And then all of a sudden, with, with the games remaining, we are very much still on 51. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll get over the line. We'll pick up some sort of form. And the, the, our happy clapping from earlier on will be slightly more vindicated. But uh, it's starting <laughs> to look a little bit like where are the points coming from? Hopefully it's... An, ex- an exciting we get to be the ones picking up a late point against Wimbledon in a few weeks time don't say that I'm not going to it yeah I mean it'll be it, I've, I've said this a few times it'll be an interesting clash given how many points the, the two teams give up because both of their Easter games they were winning in the 88th minute and then lost yes it is one that you can probably spend 30 minutes of the second half having a drink in the concourse and then say what well, where are we at Six minutes of injury time, I'll go in in a minute and see three goals. That, that, yeah, it's a- Wimbledon, Salford game was extraordinary, wasn't it? They, they got two goals, Salford, and missed a penalty. Insane. Yeah. It's, it's an absolutely incredible collapse. And I think that just for those with the, um, who like to talk about the experience, Swindon and Wimbledon are also the two youngest sides in the division based on average age of squad. So um, read from that what you will. Dun, dun, dun. I like Johnny Jackson when he was at Swindon. I really, wanted us to uh oh 21 years ago um i really wanted us to sign him for longer um he had a half decent loan spell with us um and is possibly our next head coach (laughs) (laughs) time will tell um am i trying to pad this out i'm not sure what i'm doing anymore there's not really much more to talk about this game other than gosh i hope it's better than the last few at home 
I, I can't see it being worse than Mansfield. I think Mansfield is possibly as bad as it's been. And they brought quite a few media guys to the club. We kind of asked them, who's worse, Swindon or Crawley? And apparently it is still Crawley. So that's that's yeah. something we can take. But oh, okay. it was just apocalyptically bad. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a 6-0 and a 4-2 in many ways. It, it was that dismal uh, performance. But it's in the past now. It was you know, another game's been played out. And although there was improvement, there was no progress. Yeah. It was, I mean, in terms of actually scoring goals, we went backwards. So... <laughs> As, as much as you know, Johnny Williams missed from two yards out. And he's one away from getting to the Big Ten. Come on, Johnny. Let's get to the Big Ten. I think it would have been a hot assist as well, so they both would have got to ten with that oh, oh, come on. Brace by Charlie this weekend or a goal by by Johnny or both. Lovely. Um, which be... like Go for both. Oh, let's do that. Let's do that, please. Okay, well, we'll move on from Barrow. We'll do predictions in, in a bit. Uh, contract talk we have started the contract and real pushing on this one but uh i guess we we know what the answers are going to be but he was asked about contracts and deciding on contracts yeah this was would you play a play a player above someone else trying to say that quickly um i couldn't say it slowly um <laughs> it, would you play someone who is not contract for next season if you were picking between them and someone who is. And I said, well, if he said, well, if everything else is even, which it almost never is, um, which um, then he probably would pick the player who is supposed to be around next season. And then he said they're rather cryptic. Um, I think this might have been aimed harshly at Tommy Andaloy based on his exclusion <laughs> on Monday. Um, you know, but just because someone is contracted doesn't mean they're in our plans anyway. So, um, you know, given, given that he was that he was excluded from the squad at the expense of someone who is only on loan um, in Luke Jeffcott, as, as we'd sort of written off Luke Jeffcott playing again as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was. So he, he said he kind of would play someone based on the contract situation, but you're very but only if it's sort of exactly even. And that's basically never going to happen. Um, and then you know, on, on deciding players contracts in particular, um, you know, he, he said he felt like there are a couple of players that he definitely wants here next year. Basically, based on the list of players who are out of contract, I'm going to go ahead and guess that's Hepburn, Murphy, Charlie Austin, George McEachran. Um I would be interested to see if it would be anyone else on that list who he would Brilliant. definitely want around. Um, potentially Brewer as well. Obviously, mm. he talked on Monday as they've they've entered those discussions. So we'll see with that one. But um, no. But then he sort of also said that. Um, there's the potential that someone has in fact just been playing really badly for two months and that that might just happen and in fact they are useful to us so he's trying to give people that chance to earn that contract still but and and then possibly the most interesting part of the press conference generally where he said we can't necessarily let people go if we don't know that we will that we will definitely get a replacement like we did in january which um which was the the main line that I took from this one and then very quickly put out as the actual article on it because um, <laughs> people love a good January bashing at this point. It's easy, easy likes on Twitter. Oh, pure fodder, pure fodder for, uh, for yeah, you tell them, Joe, that January wasn't good, was it? Um, okay, let's get to your questions because they are related to contract talks too. Yeah, um, 
Jody, you said you've not really had too many chats with the people above you about the form at the moment. Have they given you assurances about next season? Because you clearly are thinking about what you can do over the summer. Yeah, I mean, the, the, all the conversations I've had has been, yeah, what, what do we look like we need? And I've given my, my thoughts and what I believe um, is absolutely needed for us to improve the balance of the squad and give um, the players that are going to be a good chance of succeeding in, in, and looking at a better all-round balanced team. Um, I've spoken to Clem a few times and obviously speak to Sandro. Um, but, yeah, listen, th- those conversations at the moment are, are all well and good, but I'm, I'm more focused on trying to get the the team ready for Saturday and like I said um, people at the club know my thoughts and what I I believe can help um, us get to where we need to get to and that involves things around the club and players and um, uh, I think those sort of things hopefully can be addressed in the summer to give everyone a a better chance of um, starting next year um, in a better place Yeah and then Sort of on the contracts you said last week, it was still early days with that, but I think George McEachran said that he had an optional extension, so it's not necessarily negotiating anything new. Where are you with him for next season? Yeah, well, I, if, I think it's the club's option on him, and obviously I, I think we'd all agree that George McEachran is, albeit of late, the last couple of games, I think he knows that he can... He can do better, but he's been a, a real good addition to us, to our group. Um, I'm certainly after the thinking that I'm, I, I'd want him here. So, um, yeah, I, I, I imagine George is going to be here. That's all from me. Cheers, Jody. Cheers, guys. There's the Joe Zone, George McEachran. A lot of assumptions that he's sticking around. So, I hope so, because you could build a squad around that guy, can't you? Yeah, the guy is pure qualities. Maybe had a bit of a dip recently, but who hasn't? Still played that fabulous pass for the Williams goal. Um, you know, he's he's such a good player. And if we can get a midfield around him that can help help him out on the physical side a little bit, then that's a player that can easily be team of the season next season if we're if we're properly playing. And given that we have that option extension, you would almost certainly expect him to at least start the summer with Swindon. We'll see. Maybe someone comes in for him, hopefully not. Um but yeah, obviously he's not going to say yes, we've done it unless they actually had potentially. But it was it was basically a very a very uh, slightly cryptic. Yeah, we're going to do that pretty quickly. Answer <laughs> from Jody Morris. Yeah, yeah, and, and the other one interested about assurances, which is which is the you know the start journey for the vote of confidence. <laughs> uh, but but you know he's got no reason to think that he's going to get the old boot. Uh, between now and the summer? No, this is the key question I wanted to come in to ask because obviously Andrew takes the first half of are you under pressure? And he kind of said they, no one had spoken to him like he was. And then so the obvious next thing is, well, have you sort of been given assurances you can still be around? And you know, it certainly sounds like they are building for next season already pretty heavily. You talked about speaking with Clem and Sandro about next season, the various things that he's told them. So definitely sounds like he's he's expecting to definitely be here for next season and over pre-season and has heard nothing otherwise to 
indicate that that wouldn't happen, which, you know, if if he if he can get done what he wants to be done, then we can properly evaluate him then and hopefully hopefully he's the right guy. Hmm. Yeah, you mentioned Sandro Di Michele there. A lot of rumours this this week for about the eighth time this year that he had been uh, given the old boot. But you know, if if Di Michele does stick around, it doesn't mean that last summer's objectives and remits will be the same as this summer's because things change in football don't they and it might it might be a case that if he is around he might have a different a different type of player that he's being asked to bring in so oh gosh I'm tired man I want to go to bed yeah I think that's fair fair, fair enough on your end I, I mean Clem's a fan as, as much as anything else really so I think he's probably seen everything that's gone and be like, yeah. And Charlie Austin was indication of this, like, yeah, we'll 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 do it a bit different next summer. Your remit is no longer just by children or just by twenty-one-year-olds who played between three and five games of professional football, and certainly sounds like Jody Morris is going to be very firmly on that track in what he demands of those above him. I think those those demands are what made me think that maybe there is a bit of fight still in Morris, and he's not coasting a little bit. You know, it, it sounds like he is going to be pulling his weight. And I think what people do need to get their heads around is that obviously Sandro is in charge of transfers, but there's there's not going to be a system at the club where Morris isn't involved at all. He will 100% be heavily involved in what goes on over the summer as any manager would expect to be. And so it's, you know, what, what we end up getting should hopefully end up be what Jody Morris wants it to be because... That they've they've believed in him up to this point, and so they need to start showing why they did that. Well, there we go. He's going to leave tomorrow, isn't he? Definitely. <laughs> Nine a.m. announcement. He's resigned. There we go. He's gone on his own, uh, on his own terms, no doubt. Though um, that hasn't happened, we're just predicting it. Uh, um, speaking of predictions, uh, we both were unsuccessful because we thought we'd at least get a point at Prenton Park. I am feeling my usual little bit of optimism, although I haven't predicted a win since Rochdown. I was so close, Joe, to being right there. I think we're going to break Barrow Hearts this weekend. I think we're going to, uh, it's going to come to an end. I'm going to say 3-1 Swindon. Well, you know I like it when you're optimistic because it usually spells something good. I'm going to go full narrative prediction. Um, obviously, Barrow was a big game in Swindon's run in last season uh, when we beat them 2-1 with a late Louis Reed goal. So I'm going to say 2-1 to Barrow and they that kickstarts their playoff push, keeps them in contention. They eventually get into the, the top seven. So that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I think it was Andrew Hawes talking on the BBC this week about like, I mean, he said it with all the respect possible, but... There's something about losing to Barrow that could really make things quite toxic at the county ground this weekend, which I ideally wouldn't like to see. But I completely agree with what he's saying that there is same applies to Harrogate, for example. Like you lose that game at home in these circumstances, and that will be a, another tipping point. Um, and it's it's about holding your nerve if you're the owner or the people in charge of of keeping the head coach because that will be a tough one to swerve even though Barrow are 
better than Swindon this year. I didn't enjoy that last sentence. Yeah, as as Andrew often is, he's, he's very much right on that one. Um, <laughs> Barrow, one of a not an insignificant number of League Two teams, where I think we're all thinking we can't surely be worse than this lot, and we obviously are um, because look at the league table and general performances. But um, yeah, that's the kind of team where it's just we shouldn't even be in the same league as this lot, and we're we we're the ones getting trounced. As they as they as they're trying to get out of it, so it would it will be galling, and I fully expect it to happen, and it'd be quite toxic. But you know, it it would be nice if we could. If it'd be nice, you know, if if we could suddenly bust out of the quite uh, quite sensationally poor run that we're currently on. Yes, let's end it. Let's end it now, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.